So yesterday we had our uh, clothing and food giveaway, and it was the best one that we've ever done. I want to thank you all for uh, for donating. We um, had over a hundred families come through, individuals and families, but that represents households. We uh, we ran out of food by 10, 10 a.m. We gave out seventy four uh, bags of food, and then uh, we got names, and we made sure we we told everybody who came later and didn't get food that we would deliver to them. So we have another thirty something uh, baskets that we need to take to people. We the cool thing is people have been giving to our him uh, ministry, and so. Uh, Brian and, and Charlotte had gone and, and filled up the, uh, the food pantry. We used it all yesterday, but we have money left over. Um, they're going to go shopping again and we're going to be able to fill not only those 30 folks that, that didn't get food yesterday, but we'll be able to fill the, uh, the pantry again. So here's just a couple of pictures. Uh, place that up there if you would. The, when I got here about 8.20 yesterday, it didn't start till 9, the line was out underneath our um, cover drop-off. It was back out there. Um, we had to go outside and, and get things organized and go ahead to the next one. It's just, it was packed. And so by by about 10.45, we were almost completely out of clothes as well. And so here's the deal. That was a great problem to have, but I don't ever want to run out of food and I don't ever want to run out of clothing again. Um, I want to be able to bless folks. My favorite are the kids. I, get, I go around and take some pictures of the kids. Um, Here's a sweet, uh, well, this one's not so sweet. Um, that was a wedding dress that for some reason, John put it on. Um, never have fully understood that. Uh, let's go on to a sweet one. There's a sweet one. Love that little girl. She was, she was having a blast. She picked out those shoes and would not let them go. Um, and then here's my favorite pajamas. He came in his pajamas. I don't even know what those are, but he was awesome. What? I don't care. Has nothing to do with it. I just liked them, so I don't care. Um, so we had a great time yesterday. Uh, had two little girls, uh, nine and ten years old, and they found a shirt at the same time. Mine, mine. No, I found it first. No, I found it first. And their granddad was like, "Cut it in two. And I said, "That sounds like Solomon," you know. But with a baby. But anyway, another story. Um, he finally flipped a coin. We flipped a coin, and one lost, and one didn't. That wasn't so great. But anyway, uh, thank you all for giving. It was our it was our best success so far. Now we're in this series uh, called Making Change, and we're looking at four overarching themes that we've been talking about each week. The first week we looked at less is more. Everybody say less is more. Our verse that day was better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after wind. That's what Solomon said. Last week, our theme was stress is bad. Everybody say stress is bad. When we have financial stress, it's an indicator that we are in debt. And the Bible says that the borrower becomes the slave or the servant to the lender. So if you want to get out uh, if you want to not be a slave to somebody who you owe money to, then you need to get out of debt. Um, today, we're looking at giving is good. Everybody say giving is good. And next week, we're looking at tomorrow matters. Everybody say tomorrow matters. So four big ideas. Less is more, stress is bad, giving is good, tomorrow matters. Now today we're going to look um, at several passages of scripture, but the first one is in the book of Acts. Paul has gone all over uh, Eastern Europe, Asia, and uh, in that area, and um, and he has started churches. And so he is now headed back to Jerusalem. He's on a ship, and, and he's had all kinds of problems. He's been beaten. He's been he's been thrown in a pit. He's had all this stuff. He's had to sneak out of a out of a city at night because they were going to come for him. So they let him down in a basket. He's 
He's done all of this stuff. So don't ever tell me that you're having a hard time standing up for Christ until somebody has to let you down over, you know, the wall or I don't know, whatever from your job. Paul is having a hard time. So now he's going back to Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit has told him he will never see these people again. He's told them, I will never see you again, kind of upsets them, but he knows that he's, he's about to in his life. When he gets to Jerusalem, he's going to be arrested. He's going to be tried there. He's eventually going to go back to Rome and be tried before, um, Caesar. Now what, what is happening is as he's on this ship, every port that he comes to, he calls for the elders of the churches that he has established and he gives them some teaching. He tells this Ephesian church in this passage we're about to look at, he tells the Ephesian elders, he said, um, you're going to have some people come up in your midst who claim to be Christ followers. They're not, they're going to try to lead people astray. And he said, pay attention. And then he says this last thing. I, I think it's always interesting. You should pay attention to last words. If somebody's giving you last words, what are they? Well, here's the last words he said to them before he he got on the ship to continue his journey to Jerusalem. Acts 20, 35. He said, remember the words of the Lord Jesus. So he said, whatever you do, don't forget what Jesus said. Whatever you do, do not forget what Jesus said. And here's what Jesus said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Now that does not mean that it's not cool to get stuff, right? Like when I buy Janie a surprise present, Janie's the greatest person in the world to buy stuff for to surprise because she just gets so excited. It, it doesn't even have to be, you know, you could cut out a flower and give it to her. She gets excited about that stuff. It's not saying that it's not cool to receive stuff. It's saying it's way cooler to give stuff than it is to receive stuff. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I just don't have emotional stories of consuming I don't know if you have heard these, but, but I, I don't, I don't know anybody who, who consumes and just gets overwhelmed emotionally that they've consumed. You know, like somebody says, I remember the first time I bought a flat screen HD TV. I just worshiped the Lord and cried the whole way home from the store. You may have worshiped the TV, but you didn't worship the Lord. Some of you date myself to hear, but uh, there was a couple people in the first service. What I was talking about. Um, I was, a t- I never heard, uh, and I, in fact, this isn't my testimony, but when I was a teenager, I got my first pair of Air Jordans. And, and I just worshiped God as I slipped my feet into those Holy Spirit anointed sneakers. No. I remember the first time I got a designer purse. This is a girl, by the way, in case you. I remember the first time I got a designer purse. And we're rejoicing and crying out to God. Right? Nobody has emotional consuming stories, but everybody here has a story where you gave somebody, they were overwhelmed and they got emotional. Right? Now, if you've ever prayed about giving something and it was a big deal to you, you understand this idea that it's better to give than to receive. And and maybe you gave to a ministry or you gave to a person and you saw how God used that and you saw how they were overwhelmed and it blessed your heart. And see, when you do that, you're more like God than at any other time because John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave. When you give, you're more like God than at any other time in your life. So we need to figure this out. Some of you, it was the first time you ever tithed. You felt, you felt this tug, but you were obedient to God. And when you started giving the tithe, then, then God blessed you and you just felt this closeness to God. Or you prayed about making a sacrificial gift and it was really a big deal to you. And then you saw how somebody responded and they were blown away by generosity. How many 
discovered that it is better to give than to receive. Let me see your hand. Do you understand this? You've, you've lived it, right? So Janie and I were, were living in Arlington. We had just gotten married and, um, I was in seminary. I was driving over to Southwestern seminary, um, sometimes five days a week and go over in the morning. She was teaching at Mansfield high school. And I was a youth minister, a part-time youth minister at Lamar Baptist church. So from our house in South Arlington is about a 20 minute drive over to, um, the seminary. And there's about a 35, 40 minute drive, depending on traffic to get to where my church was. And I would drive that every afternoon to go and, and work in the afternoons. And I listened to Christian radio and, and I was just reading everything I could. I was in seminary. I was loving all of these, these Bible book studies and loving all that. And I'd buy books on prayer and I'd buy books on faith. And I was just reading stuff and I would listen to talk radio. Christian talk radio more than I would listen to Christian music because I just wanted to know more and more and more. One day I was driving along in, in my little Mazda pickup, which had been Janie's Mazda pickup. But when, when you get married, the girl gets the better car. So she took my car and I took hers. That's just a rule. That's in scripture. <laughs> Maybe not, but that's the rule. My dad had always done that. We always did. So she got the better car. Anyway, I'm driving this little Mazda pickup and I'm listening to AM radio because I'm not even sure it picked up FM. But anyway, uh, I heard this story about these these Christian pastors fleeing religious persecution in Cuba. And they would get into a boat, and I, and I use that term loosely, they'd get into some structure that was kind of water-worthy, and they would start out to try to make the 90-mile trip from Cuba to Florida. Because if they were caught, in fact, they were leaving the country because they were being imprisoned. If they were caught, it would be really bad. And so there was a guy in Florida who had an airplane he heard about these pastors. He started flying trips out over the ocean, spotting these guys and then contacting the Coast Guard or contacting other folks to come help rescue them because there was no way they were going to make it that 90 miles. And so one day as I'm driving along, I'm, I'm headed to, to work and, and they said, if you want to give to help rescue pastors here. And so I thought, I thought the Lord was saying, you need to give. I went home to we wrote a check for $1,000. Now, we were just married, and this was the early 90s, and that was a lot of money. But we felt like God said give, and when God says give, you give. And I have no idea what happened to that $1,000. When we gave, I felt a peace in my heart that I had been obedient to God. And, and I don't know if God works like this, but it will not surprise me one day when I'm in heaven to meet somebody, and God allows them to forgive me. That's just, I think that's how God works. So, so you just be obedient is what I'm trying to say. When we first started the church, we did a, a series on kindness and we were just looking for opportunities to be kind, random acts of kindness is what we called it. So one day we had these little cards we printed up and it said a small act of kindness, a whole world of difference. And so I was in the, the Taco Bell drive through. I'd heard of this, wasn't original with me, heard of person behind me. And so I just paid for the person behind me and I left the little card and I drove off and didn't think anything of it. A couple days later, I'm, I'm in my office and I checked the, the messages and I got a phone call from the mom of the young lady, the single mom who was behind me. I had no idea who was behind me. Single mom who'd had a really, really bad day, who'd had a really, really hard life. And she started telling me all this stuff on the answering machine. And then when she finished, she said, you'll never know how much that meant to her, how much that meant to me. And then she starts praising God. So I'm just kind of having a worship service right there in my office. And I thought it is better to give than it is to receive. I just, I, I understood that more and more. Yesterday when we were giving away clothing, it was a blessing. The people who were working, it was so much fun. The most fun that I was when somebody would have their clothes, their bag of clothes, they'd sling it over their shoulder, look like we'd give them a trash bag. Put up, we said we're going to give you a trash bag. I don't know why this keeps cutting off. We're going to give you a trash bag, and um, 
you can fill up the trash bag, but we're going to ask you just to do one because there were so many people in line. We were afraid we'd run out of stuff, and we did. But they would they couldn't carry that and the clothes uh, and the, the the groceries. By the way, the, the we said that the best thing we ever did was those reusable shopping bags, and we need month, uh, more of those. We ran out of them yesterday, but but you can pack them full, and so they were full of clothes, they were full of groceries, and we would be walking them out and taking the groceries to the car, and these people would be praising God. They'd be saying, "Why are you doing this? Thank you so much. This is the uh, most." You'll never know. And it made me think about this verse. Second Corinthians 9.11 says, You will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. Paul is talking to the Corinthian church about giving. And he said, God will, God will enable you to be generous. And then look what he says. And when we take your gifts to those in need, to them... Gifts, <laughs> let me read it again. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. People were thanking God yesterday because you gave. Happens every time we do these things. It happens when I have, get a phone call and I take food from the pantry. I take it to somebody's house and deliver it. Every time we give, somebody thanks God. Every time we go to Haiti, somebody thanks God because of your gifts. This is just the way God's um, kingdom operates. Have, have you learned this? Do you understand that it's more blessed to give than to receive? If we know that giving is good, if we know that it's better to give than to receive, why don't we do it more? Well, just a couple of, couple of reasons. You can probably come up with more. The first one is the scarcity mindset. I don't have enough to go around. I don't have enough to pay my bills. I don't have enough for us. How can I be generous to someone else? And you may even be willing, but when you look at your bank account and there's nothing there, 10% of nothing is nothing. So you may, you may have the, the, the heart, but, but you may not have the finances. You may be strapped. Second reason is we've been burned. And a lot of you understand this principle. In fact, some of you have come to this church. You understand this principle. You know what I'm talking about. Some slick haired preacher says, if you give a hundred dollars, you'll get a thousand back. Praise God. There's no slick haired preachers around here. <laughs> slick headed preachers, but no slick haired preachers. Um, we don't have to worry about that, but you've seen it. You've seen this principle abused. Third reason that we're not generous is we do not understand God. We don't understand how his economy works. Because Paul, here he's talking to the church in, in Philippi, Philippians 4.19, and he says, The same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches. Is your heavenly father rich beyond all comprehension? You know, when my kids need something and, and sometimes they want to pay for it and I'm like, I got this. You don't have to worry about it. I got this. It's real cool to me that they want to pay for it, but I, I have it. Well, infinitely more is your heavenly father, but we don't trust him. And if we don't trust him, he, he's not obligated to come through for us. God has said that, that when you give, um, when you give a cup of cold water to a little child in his name, he notices. God very often meets the needs of his children through his children, through other Christ followers. So when you step out and give in the name of Christ, God's going to bless you. Now, it doesn't mean that, that you're, if you give $100, you're going to give 1000 back. Maybe it does, but I've, that doesn't happen with me. What it means is God gets to choose how he wants to bless you. If God wants to bless me with, with tighter relationships with my wife and with my children, I'd take that any day rather than a thousand bucks. If I knew that just giving, being faithful with my finances would mean I'd have a tighter family, I'll trade the cash. How many of you would do the same? 
Yes. We need to understand that God works in a different way. And I want you to see what this says. This is the message translation of Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. It's kind of a devotional translation, but I love this translation. He says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. I memorized this verse years ago. And in the NIV, that last phrase, it says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You take a cup of cold water to a little kid in Haiti. They're refreshed, but you're refreshed. You give to people out here yesterday. And our hearts and our souls, we, we were, we were having a blast. We were having church in the living room yesterday as people are just taking stuff. It blessed our hearts. It's better to give than to receive. This is such a crazy, crazy promise of God that the, the, the world of those who are stingy gets smaller and smaller. So, so if your world seems really small right now, is it possible that you're not generous? God says, if you're not, your, your world gets smaller and smaller. If you just look at yourself, your world gets smaller and smaller. God says the key to a, a larger world is to be generous. So let's figure out how to do that. Let me give you three things real quickly about how to be generous. And, and really this first one is, gen, is giving 101. Um, trust God with the tithe, T-I-T-H-E, and that literally means 10%. It comes from a Hebrew word, M-A-A-S-E-R, masur, and it means one-tenth. Literally, it means one-tenth. I give to God one-tenth of whatever I receive. And this is the beginning point of generosity. So like we have um, three compassion children, Janie and I do, Hannah has one. Um, my compassion kids are over and above the tithe. When I give to um, Haiti, that's over and above the tithe. I, I give 10% of my income that the church pays me. I give 10% of my mowing income. I give 10% and then everything above that is what I call an offering. The 10%, that's the basic, that's the beginning point of generosity. And let me show you where this comes from. Leviticus 2730. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. I don't know if you understand the word holy. It means set apart and you do not mess with something that's holy. God declared the first 10% holy. So this is totally opposite of when you give your kids money to go buy a soda and you want your change back, Right? This is you give to God before you pay for anything else. This is the opposite of change. This is, this is bringing to him what is his, demonstrating to him that you trust him with your finances. The first 10% is holy. And so you're supposed to be a member of a local church. And part of being a member of a local church is to support that church. I love what that video said. If every Christian in every church around the world were to tithe $85 million a year, we could add to, we could pay for the kids in, in Africa to eat for a lifetime. That's, that's amazing. What? What'd I say? Million, billion. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Mill bill. It's a lot of money. Here's the point. Um, this is the only time this verse right here is the only time in scripture that God says, you can test me. He says, I double dog dare you to test me. Now, if you remember when Jesus was tempted, one of the temptations, Satan took him to the top of the temple and said, throw yourself off of this temple because it's written in scripture that God will protect you. He will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus immediately comes back and he says, you shall not put the Lord, your God to the test. But this says, test him. What's up with that? 
think part of the reason God said we could test him here is because we would be freaked out by the 10%. Do you know how much 10% is? You move the decimal. 100 bucks, 10 bucks, 200 bucks, 20 bucks. Yes, I, I get the concept. And see, last week I told you that if you can't be trusted with $100, you can't be trusted with $10,000. If you don't give God the first part of the ten of the hundred dollars, you're not going to give him the first part of 10,000. If you can't manage that, then God's not going to trust you with more. God says, trust me. And I think people are going, you serious? There's no way I could give 10%. Some of you are thinking, okay, two weeks ago, you said I'm supposed to get out of debt first. So God says not to be in debt. I should be. And it sounds so spiritual. But my question to you is, when do you want God involved in your finances? Before you get out of debt or after you get out of debt? Yes. When Janie and I got serious about this, we had a house payment and we were paying $650 a month to get out of debt. And we still tithe that whole time. And God has blessed us through that. When do you want God involved? That's when you start tithing. Now, I told you last week, God won't lead you into debt, but he will lead you out. See, what you need to understand is every financial decision is a spiritual decision. And you got into consumer debt without consulting your heavenly father. Consumer debt is when you go into debt for something that loses value. I'm not talking about a house. Uh, some of you, some of you have houses that are way more than you can afford. Dave Ramsey calls that being house poor where, where, you know, you can't have furniture. You can't have anything, um, because you're so poor, um, <laughs> I'm not saying that you don't, you don't buy a house and go into debt for that because that's something that generally appreciates in value. What I'm saying is I believe the Bible teaches you're not supposed to go into debt for things that, that lose value. That's what I mean by consumer debt. And so some of you are going, well, you know, if, if I were going to, if I were going to tithe, I would have to completely, totally 100% rearrange my finances and my life around God. Yep. That's what God does. See, when, when, when you put God first with the tithe, he's expecting to be number one, just like he is in every, any, every, uh, any other area, every other area of your life. When you decide you're going to have a daily time with God, you have to prioritize that time with God or it doesn't happen. Y'all remember the old American express card. Don't leave home without it. Well, I don't want to leave with the express card. I don't want to leave home without having my time with God. I do it in the morning. And if I don't do it in the morning, I don't do it because Satan makes sure I'm busy all day. So you have to prioritize a devotional time. You have to prioritize Sunday mornings. The reason a lot of people are very sporadic is this is not a priority. Oh, but this and this and this. Oh, but nothing. If it's a priority, look at your money, look at your calendar. That's what's important to you. If you look at my money and my calendar, the most money I give goes to the church and to my family. The most time in my life goes to the church and to my family. Those are my priorities. So if you're going to, if you're going to prioritize your finances the way God wants you to, then you're going to have to make some choices. You're going to have to do some things that, that change, but that'll take faith. Imagine the God of the universe asking you to do something that requires faith. Hebrews eleven six says without faith, it is impossible to please God. You need faith. So you have to move out of your comfort zone. Hannah and I talked about this this week. If you're comfortable in any area, God's probably not there because he's not required. So you may have to move out of your comfort zone 
financially. God says, test me in this. When I was in college, I started tithing. I made a hundred dollars a month and I gave $10 a month to the church. Well, my first uh, apartment was $160 a month. I moved in with a guy named Doug and we, we split the, the bills and everything. And so, um, yeah, Doug and Doug, it was, they called us Doug squared. Um, <laughs> we, anyway, um, so we split the bills and so it doesn't take long to realize that I didn't have enough money to, um, to pay all of those bills. Luckily I'd worked all summer and I'd saved my money and I was going to be able to make it a little bit of time. But when you make a hundred dollars a month and you pay 160, I also had to pay for my books. I had to pay for all of my gas and car and stuff and then it, food and, and bills. And so it doesn't take long to realize you're not going to make that. So then I'll, my church, I was serving in a little bitty church, Grace Baptist Church in China Spring, Texas. And I, they gave me a raise to, to $200 a month. So I was give $20 a month. And my rent would be $160 a month and I'd have $20 to live on. That's, that's, that's not a lot. Dating. I used to, I used to go to the free movies on, on campus cause I couldn't afford anything else. And we'd drink water and, and it was romantic. Um, but, but what happened was stuff started happening in my life and, and God started providing other things. I got another job that I could work on my own hours. Um, I was in, a, I was a church music major and we were required to be in so many different ensembles and choirs and all of this stuff. Well, I had to wear a tuxedo every time we were on stage. I couldn't afford a tuxedo. And so I'm directing my little choir one night at, at Grace Baptist Church and somehow it came up that I needed a tuxedo. I was so poor. I had a white shirt and you remember those things that they were the little fluffy things that you put on the buttons. That's what I wore. I'm the only one at Baylor university that wore one of those things, but that's all I could afford. So uh, somehow they were making fun of that. Well, I could one. They said, did you know somebody in our church is the manager at a tuxedo rental shop? And I was like, I don't need to rent one. They said, dummy, go talk to him. So I go talk to the and he goes, Oh man, I'll sell it to you at my cost. So I got the tuxedo. I got a shirt. I got, I got socks. I got the new shoes for 50 bucks. This was incredible. I was like, praising God. And just stuff started happening. The more I was faithful, God started providing. Now, when I got out of college, did I have everything I wanted? (laughs) No. I did live with rich roommates, so that's really cool. That's one of the ways God blessed me. When I got out of college, I moved in 1986. I got into my 1982 Chevy Citation. That was a hot mode of transportation right there. Everything I owned fit in the back seat of that car. When I drove to, to, uh, Bedford, I got a job in Dallas and drove to Bedford. I had no, I had no furniture. So I moved, I moved into my first apartment, nothing. I laid on the floor. My brother felt sorry for me. So he gave me one of those little foam mattresses. So that was my bed for a few weeks until I saved enough money. I could buy a bed and I bought that for my brother, $75, about a queen size bed. And then the little foam mattress became my couch. And then I didn't do the Dave Ramsey thing. I just got tired of sitting in. I I was a loser. I would go into my house and just sit there. I bought an answering machine thinking that maybe people would call. Nope, they didn't call. That just made me realize I was a bigger loser than I thought I was. So I go and I buy a TV. Couldn't afford to put to get a TV stand. So I put it on the box and I would lay on my little foam mattress and watch my TV. Loser. Kept going to church though. Kept tithing. God eventually blessed me. Um... When you test God, he will prove himself faithful. God cannot be unfaithful. It's against his will. So here's what we're going to say about finances. This is the way we're going to say, I trust God with my first and best, and I'm going to trust him to bless the rest. I'm going to give him my first, and I'm going to trust him to bless the rest. I believe God can do more with 90% of my income than I can do with 100% that's not blessed. Does that make sense? So if you want to be generous, we're going to start with the tithe. That's the beginning point. 
Giving 101. Number two, if you want to be more generous, you've got to plan your generosity. Um, how many of you have ever planned to buy something? You, you plan and you save and you plan and you save. Well, I, uh, I, y'all know I wear Crocs, right? I have dress Crocs. I have casual Crocs. If there's, if there is something that's casual, but anyway, I have, I have a lot of Crocs, but I've never paid full price for Crocs. The ones I, Janie and I went to Israel and I wore these Crocs all over Israel. I wore them out. I mean, there's, there's flaps hanging off the bottom and, you know, there's little knobbies. If you ever put them on, there's little knobbies that feel good on your feet. There are no knobbies. There's nothing, you know, you, you will fall. We were mopping out here yesterday and we were laughing because, cause if you're out there and you don't have anything on the bottom of your shoes, you're going down. And that's, that's kind of how I was. Well, I waited until the Crocs went on sale and then I waited till there was free shipping and, and I planned to get my new Crocs and they came in and I was praising the Lord that I had my new Crocs. I don't care what they look like. They feel good. I had surgery on my foot. It's the only shoe that feels good. So I don't care if you laugh at my Crocs. It doesn't bother me at all. I will not wear shoes just to impress you. Right? Here's the thing. I plan to buy stuff. You plan to buy stuff. We need to plan to be generous. And that comes straight out of scripture. Look at Isaiah 32, 8. Generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. Generosity doesn't happen by accident. It's intentional. And generosity has nothing to do with the economy. I stand firm when I'm generous because I believe God blesses those who bless others. I read this story and I just, I felt like I needed to share this with you because I think this is one of the coolest things I've ever heard of. There's a couple in another church. They heard this, this talk about tithing and they decided that they were going to start tithing, but they decided they wanted to be generous on top of that. And so they said all they could afford at that time was $20 a month on top of their tithe. And so they set it aside and they have this little journal where they started writing down all the stories so that years later they could look back and, and enjoy what God had done. So they said the first month there were tornadoes. They, these folks live in, in Oklahoma and there were tornadoes. And so they sent $20 to some people that, that were victims of the tornado. And some people go, $20, that's not much. Do you remember the loaves and the fish? $20 in the hand of God can go a long ways. He multiplies that stuff. So the first month, that's what they did. They sent it there. The next month, they were at the grocery store and there was a a mom in front of them who didn't have enough money, a few dollars short for her groceries. She's going to have to take some stuff back. They said, no, 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 let us pay for it and you keep the change. Then they came up the next month and there was a kid on their soccer team who couldn't afford his his uniform. So they bought the kid the the soccer uniform and they said, this was so much fun. Now, here's the really cool thing. They started out $20 a month. Today, they're at $200 a month over and above the tithe, and they just look for opportunities to be generous. I think that's one of the coolest things I've ever heard, to have money over and above the tithe that I can just be generous with. Does that sound like fun? It does to me. But you're never going to get there if you don't make a plan. I want you to plan how you can help with this next uh, clothing giveaway. We're going to do it in August. We're going to do it before school starts. We're going to have all kinds of school uniforms. We want we want kids' underwear. Somebody bought some kids' underwear yesterday, brand new in the package, one of the first things that went. We want people to come in here and be so blessed when they walk out that they give praise to God, that somebody cared. So I... I don't know what, what else we can do, but we could do haircuts. We could, I want to, I want to have, um, uh, breakfast burritos. I want to serve a breakfast. We did lunch a couple of times, but when you're running out of clothes by 1030, nobody stays for lunch, right? So I want to have some guys out here, maybe that, that give out, um, some, some breakfast burritos and they can go and shop. And I don't know. I want you to be creative. I want you to think about ways that you can give so that people will be blessed when they come to new life community church and they will thank God, our heavenly father.
uh, we could do oil changes. We could do all kinds of things. One of the things that Rachel came up with, she, um, she sent um, Janie and I a message about doing a box. And, and probably you've seen Operation Christmas Child. We're going to do something similar to that. Here's a couple of pictures. She found this on Pinterest because every good idea in the world comes off of Pinterest, right? Amen. Um, this, what we're going to do is we're going to take some of the names of the people that yesterday gave us a card. And we told them we're not going to show up at your house and, and try to you know win you to Christ. We're not going to do that. We're just going to pray for you. And we're going to let you know every time we have one of these things. Well, this is what we're going to do. And, and like there's a Christmas blanket, there's hot chocolate, there's all these different things that you can do. You get you be creative. If you're not creative, go to Pinterest. Because um, any answer to any creative thing you want is on Pinterest. But, but what we're going to do, we're going to start a new tradition at our family. And, and on Christmas Eve, we're going to take some of these boxes and we're going to leave them on the doorstep of these folks. We're going to knock on the door and we're going to run. Ding dong dash. That is not what we called it, but, um, okay. Um, that's, that's, that's from Michigan. That's, that's a Northern, that's a Yankee one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, moving right along. So we want to do this. And if you want to be involved in that, we encourage you to, because we had over a hundred families. There's no way we could do a hundred families, but we're going to do what we can. When, when you're struggling and you think I'd like to do more, here's, here's what you do. Do for one, what you wish you could do for all do for one and, and take a name and let's be a blessing. And, and it doesn't matter that they don't know. In fact, I like that they don't know. Your heavenly father knows. And every time you bless someone else, he's going to bless you. Now, so we're going to, we're going to tithe. We're going to plan. And then the third thing is how to be generous. We're going to start being generous now. Yeah, you need to get out of debt, but we're not going to wait till we're out of debt to be generous. We're going to start doing all of these different things and God's going to bless us. Look what Paul says to Philemon in in Philemon 1.6. He says, I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. Put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. The greatest need you had was to be saved from your sins. The second greatest need was to have some place to go after death that is not called hell. And God provided that through Jesus Christ. The least I can do is trust him with my finances. God doesn't just own the first 10%. He owns it all. When I give him 10%, I'm acknowledging his way of doing things. If you think you own it, try taking it with you when you die. Your, your surviving relatives will not allow that to happen. You can chain it to your leg. They will saw your leg off. People get funny when you start. Oh man, it's, it's not a pretty thing. We just get to use it for a while. Why don't we use it to bring people into the kingdom? If Jesus knew what he, he was talking about, and I kind of believe he did, if he said it's, bet, it, it's more blessed to give than to receive, if we know that giving is good, let's start living our lives like Jesus lived his life. We're going to stand firm in our generosity, and we're going to start right now. Would you bow your heads? Father, I pray that the words that Jesus shared, it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive, would be burned on our hearts today. And we would look for opportunities to be generous. Now, I'm just curious, keep your heads bowed. How many of you are struggling with this scarcity mindset right now? I do not have enough. You raise your hands. All right, there's several of you. I'm going to pray right now that God will bless you.
Father, I don't even know what's going on in all those lives, but you do. That's the incredible thing is, is you know your children. You know your sheep by name. You know their strengths, their weaknesses. You know where those who are financially struggling, God, I pray that, that over the next few weeks, over the next few months, God, you would bless them in a way that they, they could not deny that it's the hand of God in their life. Show yourself faithful, God, to these, your children. God, we just pray that some people today would take a massive step of faith and they would begin to tithe. And again, God, I pray that you would bless them in a way that they would not believe if you told them ahead of time. I pray, God, that as we take a step of faith, that you teach us that you are always faithful and you can always be trusted. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.